Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pussy Church. I'm Lara, an erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with a special episode with Noah Lambert from the Synchronicity Podcast. First, we dove into what your zodiac sign says about your sex life, and then we did an extra long life talk on his podcast. Check out the Synchronicity podcast to catch up on the first half, and then come back for the second half at the end of this episode. All right, now let's dive in. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pussy Church. And today I'm here with Noah Lambert. Hello. Thanks for having me again. We actually recorded another show just a couple of days ago. We did. We did. And we will have the second part of that show after this little intro that we're recording now. So it's kind of like a, a time warp of, <laughs> yeah, of shows. It's a it is. Yeah, we it extended is. time. So your podcast, Synchronicity, everyone should check it out. We talked a lot about, what did we actually talk about? We talked about life, and I love that you like described it that way, um, because yeah. we talked about so many different things. It was, I kept remembering them after I recorded the intro and outro. I was like, oh yeah, we spoke about that. Oh yeah, we spoke about <laughs> that. Um, I know it was a lot of psychedelics. It was a lot Definitely. of kind of like lesson and like manifestation, imaginal stuff, Um yeah, I mean, we covered <laughs> COVID and all these other things. Every I don't know. Crypto, the- like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we really went deep with it. I mean, because I think we're making sense of the world in such a different way now from like our yeah. own bedrooms, wherever that is at any given point or houses, like wherever we're like stuck for a little bit, primarily, totally. um, you know, we're filtering reality in a really different way and it's obvious to most people like they know that this is qualitative so different than what it was even like five years ago so I, I mean know. it's crazy I mean I think this is interesting because what we didn't really talk much about is sex so hence this little we didn't I know <laughs> I don't know no, why we... normally when anybody talks to me it's like sex like no matter what but I feel like there was some dick sucking stuff I think that was that's <laughs> the, only thing. We went in. the addiction stuff that was related yeah no but really sure. we didn't go too deep into it yeah. maybe yeah but you guys should check it out for sure and then the second part will come up um after this like just stay tuned since we didn't talk about sex do you think that the quarantine does something to people's sex lives and dating lives because you talk to <laughs> you're like eh, yeah uh. <laughs> because you talk to a lot of people i give these readings right so i get a mm-hmm. pretty broad sampling of like where people are at obviously we all have our own individual relationship and perspective of what's going on whether we're single in a relationship or dating during this time period it's different but also being able to see what other people's experiences are is also really revealing um it seems no matter what was going on before internally for people that they were playing out in relationships or through like sex and stuff that seems to be kind of still what's going on for people but maybe more amplified like those things seem more acute um whether that's being with a partner and now all of a sudden these things that kind of like weren't being worked out or you know were were, like they're amplified oh yeah it makes complete sense you're like confronted with it you know yeah you're confronted with it and i i think functionally if i was going to say there was like something that the pandemic was doing that's like a a benefit is bringing that stuff to the surface because Mm. like i i don't think 
disregarding like what's important to us in terms of how we relate to our own sexuality or relationships or any of that stuff. Like that's a big part for most people of being a human and alive in this reality. It's like a key. It's how babies are born. It's how people like derive tremendous amounts of pleasure, how they find union and connection. So like it's a huge fucking thing. And I think, you know, people are probably really coming to terms with what is working for them and what's not. And hopefully they're kind of, you know, taking the time or putting in like the imaginal effort to deal with some of that stuff. I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, It's definitely challenging, no? I mean, it's it's a challenging thing. It's challenging no matter what. If you have to look at all this shit, you know, um, and there's no way to look away anymore. For example, if you have a partner and you live together, um, and you both home office. Oh, it's not a verb, but I made it one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You both in home office, and you see each other all the fucking time, and you will be confronted with like what's co- going on between you. Yeah, I mean that's you're focused in on stuff. I've noticed this in a very positive, probably the best relationship of my life. I've noticed the problems and like internal shit that I have inside me, irrespective of a partner. Even that that comes out in those relationships too. So like it really is like, hey, do you do you want to deal with this shit? Do you want to like really figure it out? I, I mean, what I've also been grateful for, and I know this is this is to tie it in with the sex stuff, is like when you're feeling like free and like relaxed and like connected with another person or even yourself, like that's a really powerful state to like embody. Yeah. Like that's a yeah, really absolutely. cool. That's why we have like this tantric, you know, method of kind of realization too. Like it's it's powerful stuff. And I it seems to me um that people's mindsets are maybe shifting a little more towards acceptance of like sex mm. and sexuality, not only in I media so. but like I think it it seems like it to me. I say this on the podcast a lot because I think sometimes, I mean, I am in such a bubble, you know what I mean? That it's really difficult to know what's actually going on because obviously, like most people around me, you know, are very open or work in the same field or um, maybe have experienced a lot or think about sex a lot in a spiritual way or in a different, you know, whatever that is. So like I'm constantly (laughs) confronted with it. So I'm like, oh yeah, obviously something is changing, but then I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe it isn't, but it does feel like it. I mean, I also think just like, if you look at it generationally, um, younger generations, even like I'm 30, I'm going to be 38 in July. Any like 25 and below 20 and below attitudes about sex are like they're they're like completely they're not in the same wavelength for the most part i don't want to like generalize everyone under the age of something there's different but like it's pretty clear to me just how they like express themselves on like the web and like social media it's different you know but what's really surprising about that is though that statistically they're fucking way less than um the generations before them I mean, they're trapped indoors. What are you going to do? Well, I don't mean COVID. <laughs> even you know before I mean? COVID. I mean, even before COVID, I think that there's something about like still people trying to figure out what their, what sexuality actually means to them, right? That's and like, and porn being super prevalent and that being like the worst representation of like um, a complex sexuality, right? But the good mm. thing is that I think there's more alternative ways to. Um, learn about your sexuality now. You know, it's just like expanding. Yeah. It's fluid. It's like a spectrum of things, but I'm not going to like 
shit on someone else's like um you know identifying no uh, we just did this thing on um on my account about confessions and people could write in their confessions and stuff yeah and one girl wrote there was actually quite a bit about coming out and like actually secretly fucking the same gender but like not coming out and stuff like that you know yeah, this yeah. one and this one girl was like you know i'm sexually attracted to men but i fall in love with women am i gay and i was like well listen I, that's a funny thing to say. Like, maybe that's just the reality of your situation, you know? And maybe you're gay and maybe you're not. Like, maybe the label is not that important. Maybe you right. don't need to be afraid of the label, you know? Yeah, and right now. I mean, that's something I've learned in life. Um, that's what you are right now. That's how you feel right now. In seven years, in 10 years, who the fuck knows? Like, I, totally. I can look back at my life and i'm sure most people can at certain points be like wow well, i was pretty much a different person like the <laughs> yes. way i acted the way i responded the things i did the people i hung out with like i was a different person do you think that That's about sex too for yourself what do you mean like when you uh, think about your sexuality not like in in like yeah right a hundred percent i mean there's 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 common like there's it's like the self there's this little voice that always remains there and it's a consistent kind of thread that connects like your sexual identity and presence but like yeah i mean like <laughs> i can just remember my first sexual encounters and being like whoa holy shit that's what i'm saying like looking back it probably wasn't great like definitely not for her like i wasn't good at sex as a 15 year old like i very, mean it's also like, your first time you have no clue what the fuck you're doing even the next 20 times, 50 times, like at no point that's, looking back was I like, yeah, I was really nailing it then. Like I, I was well, like, you know, like, that's a weird thing uh, that people have with sex. Like this idea, I think I was just talking about this, um, this idea that with sex, you have to be good at everything immediately. Right. It's like the first totally. time you give a blow job, you have to nail it. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> well, all these things, you know, or like especially going down on a girl. Right. Because so many dudes are like either afraid or like, don't do it. I mean, I don't really meet them very often, but they're out there I hear, And I think it's often just because they're afraid that they're doing something wrong. Well, I can say that what, especially when it comes to going down on a woman, like that was an evolution that was predominantly, it hinged upon me relaxing and trusting mm. myself and like also being able to like accept feedback, not in like, a, <laughs> yes, like, like, but like someone who's confident enough to do that as well, like finding a partner yes. who's like not like weird. That made me a million times better where it's like, for me, I know of like a history of going down on women. Like <laughs> I'm as good as I've ever been. But Noah's it's history of going down on women. Yeah, there it is. I, but I'm precisely, you know, it's a rocky history in the early going. So, But, but like, truthfully, um, when I relax and like just trust myself and understand the situation, it's great. It's one of my favorite things to do in bed, truthfully, just because like I really do enjoy like, you know, making someone else feel good. And yeah. that's obviously just an expression of that. And so like when you can relax into that, it's it's pretty great. Um, I think so, too. I know. mean, that makes the best the best partners, though. You know what I mean? Like if it's yeah. two people who who, um, I don't know, get turned on by turning somebody else on, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's it's like, fucking great. That's all. That's all you need, really. And then it's oh. just having fun with each other. But yeah, I mean, of course, the first time it's not gonna be like amazing, you know. I mean, mine no. actually wasn't. Mine actually wasn't that bad, so I was still kind of bad. Like, 
Was he a virgin? No, he wasn't. So baby, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you, the, at least <laughs> one person knew what they were doing. It's like two morons. Like when they go, keep this goes here. What happens now? Like that's like it's true. Yeah, it was not. It was no one had any idea, and like there was no internet, so like you weren't really watching like porn. I had magazines. You know, it's like, yeah. you don't, they're not showing you what, no, she's like, I guess this is how people do it. I get the general mechanics of it. So I mean, it's, it's difficult. Like I remember actually I was watching some like soft core on like one, on like a secret channel on my parents, um, cable system or whatever, when I was 13 or 12, because I was like, okay, oh. I need to get ready. I have my first boyfriend. I would have sex. Like, how the fuck does this look like? You know? Uh, and so I couldn't – the softcore porn is really weird. It used to be really weird. You don't yeah. see a dick. You know what I mean? Nothing. Like It's a very no. oddest really thing. And I was like, okay, so I can't see the dick. Like, why the fuck am I watching this? Um, and I had to watch gay softcore to see a dick. Wow. <laughs> so I saw, like, a dude blowing a dude. And I was like, ah, that's just how it is works. Okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's this what is, I'm saying. This is how weird sexuality is. You have to learn somehow. Is. Yeah, the internet changed all that. I remember I was like 15, 16, and the internet. I was like, whoa, there's there's porn on here. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. That's like the main reason for the internet in the beginning or something. <laughs> I mean, it still is as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I guess cryptocurrency <laughs> now. You can add, but like. Look, crypto uh, and porn. So now we're going to go to the gospel and gospel is sex news and we'll do a quick one today, but it's a kind of a cheat a little bit. I read this weird article. The article read how you should spend Valentine's Day based on your zodiac sign. And it was Ah. so bad. (laughs) It was like, if you're an Aries, do yoga. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But (laughs) I remember that we're going to talk and I was like, I would love to talk to Noah about astrology and about sex or dating. Um, cool. I will just like wing it because I mean, I know you know a lot about astrology. Yeah, let me bullshit my way through this one. Absolutely. <laughs> me too. So we'll start with Aries, March 21st to April 19th. They're classic fire signs with maybe the most significant need for sex. Oh, yeah. really? Uh huh. They're strong welds and they don't let anyone get in their way. Okay, so this is interesting. So they're interested in hookups. Well, Aries also like this is where we'll we'll actually make this somewhat useful for for ourselves and other people. So like Place. you have Aries placements, right? You have your sun, your moon, your ascendant, you have all these different planets and signs and houses. So it's not like like a lot of people be like, "Hey, you know, it says I'm an Aries, but I don't really feel it. It says I'm a Taurus, but I don't really feel like that." It's probably cuz your moon sign maybe mm-hmm. is an Aries, maybe it's somewhere else. So understanding the qualities associated with it makes it like more functional and useful so, so meaning for sex and relationship you really would have to look at like you where your venus is placed or your mars i'd look at fifth house i'd look at where your fifth house um, is um yeah. the house of pleasure and see what placements you have there i would definitely look at um your ascendant your rising mm. sign because that's how you're going to be perceived typically by others totally. and yeah. how they're going to perceive you so you can at least understand what type of energy you're putting out then if you know relationships are a part of sex or you know that's like a big part of who you are when you have sex with people um even if it's just in a short way 
you would probably want to look at your moon and because yeah. that's how you feel. That's like a deep connective thing for a lot of people when they have sex. And then your sun is going to be how you're expressing yourself out in the world. So if you're an Aries sun, yeah, you're probably going to be someone who's pretty confident. Aries kind of had this, I think, like sexually, this I this like a uh, label of being like kind of just like really hot but really dumb. You know what I mean? That's kind just of, like, but a, well, an ex of mine is an Aries actually, and he's a little bit like that. And yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them. They're the ram. They're just charging ahead. They're passionate. And they're just like, yeah, like, oh, just like, yeah. And like, same, but it really, it, and I've known oh several Aries, women and men. And it's like, they, they're, they're like children kind of. And it is the first sign of the zodiac. So yep. those types of placements in your chart um, are, are definitely worth looking at. And then fifth house, house of pleasure, finding what planets um, are in there. Are there. Yeah. And what Dude. signs it falls in. Okay, the next one is Taurus. April 20th to May 20th. Uh, Taurus, they are glamorous and magnetic. Yeah. Um, and they're loyal. Yeah. Taurus, one uh, of the most sensual and sexual of the signs, too. Ruled by Venus, one of two planets. Um, you probably, Taurus is really good in bed. I think typically it's an Earth sign. Yeah, yeah like they're, they might be stubborn, but they are fucking anything ruled by venus is gonna have good mm, sexual energy it's a, yeah so libra and um taurus are definitely falling there and, and as an earth sign with that venus placement it's like very like feminine it's a feminine sign we think of the bowl we think of a masculine but it's a feminine sign. but it's a feminine sign it's interesting my first boyfriend like the one that lost my virginity too funny enough it was mm. a taurus Dude, I can't believe now I'm like remembering all the signs of my ex. It's so <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <Yeah. laughs> uh, great set, like super sexual person, but like in Don't a me. in like a like more sophisticated or something. Sophisticated, yeah. elegant. That's yeah. like what Taurus embodies and exudes. It's pretty great, I gotta say. Current partner is a, a, a Taurus. Oh, yeah. look at that. <laughs> Learned He's talking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next one. Gemini. May 21st, June 20th. A couple times a month or all the time. Oh, Geminis are tricky to understand even to themselves. Their sex drives are very atypical and frequently fluctuate. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes they have no sex at all and then they want it all the time. That's funny. Yeah, because Gemini's the twins, you're going to have – Gemini's also, if you think about Gemini's in your life, sun signs at least, they're probably like really like well-liked people. Gemini's mm. are usually liked by almost everyone, but they can have this kind of like split personality type thing going on. So that can also be in, um, you know, reflected in like sex and like relationships. Also, Mercury rules Gemini. That's mm -hmm. the planet of communication, intellect, oh, movement. So a there's a lot of like active men like if you can get a Gemini to calm down like in their head in bed, you're probably gonna be like good. But like that's a lot of mental energy. Ah, got it. That's good to know. Um, yeah. So maybe they're like more sapiosexual. Maybe you'll have to get them with the mind. Yes, first it, or definitely. Something. Anyone, anyone with Mercury placements or um, yes. Definitely going to be like a mentally getting off type of person. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. I mean, I feel like I get off on a lot of different levels. So, I <laughs> you know, that's also the true knowledge. Wait, what's your sign? We haven't even said that. I'm yet. I'm a Cancer Sun. Um, Ooh. 
That's coming now. Yeah, I know it. Don't I know it? Yeah, <laughs> cancer. So let's talk about your sexuality. <laughs> uh, next one is cancer, yeah. June 21st, July 22nd. If they have a partner, then they have sex every night. It says here. Loving and caring. Yeah. Very giving physically. Cancers mm. uh, could be down to fuck any time and any day when they have the right person. That's right. That's yeah. cancer crab. Once they're let in, then you're good. Until yeah. you're let in, until that's like sidestepped and like scoped out, then you may not really have a full understanding of what's going on there. Mm. Um, very emotional sign. Very like, so a little, you know, little less hookup. E, would you say? I mean, for me in my life, that's like hundred percent. I, I think you mainly have partners. All- Almost always, like yeah. almost exclusively. Even when I don't intend to, even when I don't intend to, it happens. That's what's the craziest thing. I'm like, nah, definitely not. You're like, I <laughs> just want to fuck everybody, and then you're like, oh shit, I'm in a relationship. <laughs> I, it, it honestly, like, it does kind of happen like that, and then that just usually is just me, like, fucking the same person a lot and a lot, and truly enjoying. I mean, that's what the. I'm. It's funny. It says that for the cancer sign, but that really is. Because it's like home, it's like fourth house mm, stuff. Like, yeah, um, the moon, the moon rules cancer, so that's emotions, it's feelings, it's like a really um, emotional kind of oh, that's uh, sweet thing. Is that like also yeah. a lot of cuddling and stuff? Love cuddling, and that's mm, like when you find nice. you, you know when you find someone who really fucking loves cuddling, it's great. Um, that's true. And fucking, it's it's good. Cancer's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> Next one. Um, Leo, July 23rd, August 22nd, and this is me, fire sign, obviously, to their core. Yeah, I mean, um, but I thought always that we were kind of like wild in bed and want like a lot of attention. Yeah, I would say Leo is like going to be in charge in bed a lot of the time as well. Also, just like even just that's just a vibe. Um, Super passionate, super kind of like into it leadership is like a big leo thing mm. also there's like leo also um i think it's a fixed sign yeah it yeah it is really like yeah really like like i wouldn't use the word stubborn but like passionate that is not going to be moved like you're not moving a leo off their mark when they're passionate about something and you probably yeah. see that reflected sexually too know what they want to like actually like pretty sure and confident in terms of what they want. So I think, so. and I think there's like, I think what I've read before, but also maybe that kind of makes sense with myself, but like, like generous, you know, in bed, because I think there's oh, something wait. like, so, I mean, maybe even like a, a little overly, not dramatic, but like, you just want it to be an epic night kind of. Totally. That's Leo. <laughs> that's passion. It's like that's super what I fiery. Want. I was like, um, it can go all night and all day. Like I want it to be crazy. It does, not all the time, obviously, but most of the time, that's like something that really appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it is 6, a, 6 a.m. We might be able to go to sleep. We'll see. <laughs> I know. I know those nights. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> obviously, it doesn't always work if you have to work. Um, no, but I think that's interesting because the next one is um, my ex was a Virgo, mm. August 23rd, September 22nd. And that always, because I feel like they are in their head quite a bit because they're so like totally. structured totally. and planned. Yeah. That's like detail oriented, like super. Yeah. Now that can be super 
when expressed like this classic Virgo stuff positively when you're attentive and really like on your shit when you get your like groove if you can kind of relax into that you're going to be like really good and skilled mm. but when you're overthinking and you're ruminating and you're going back and forth should I shouldn't I which Virgos do a lot that's like probably one of the worst vibes in bed to have because it's yeah. hard to get into a flow and in sync with people. Doesn't mean Virgos are bad in bed. It just means like whatever energy you're expressing, you know, make sure that like try to get out of your head, totally. earth sign into your body and just like put your your wisdom at work and you're I probably think good that, to go. I think that was a lot like he, my ex was great in bed, but it was a lot of like getting him out of his head. Get out of your head. Yeah. yeah totally. It was a lot of like kind of always be there in the moment and not overthinking because he always yeah. would like think seven steps ahead. And I'm like, you should be where totally. we are right now. This <laughs> totally. is not With organizational skills, but yeah. yeah, put it in action in the moment. Yeah, totally. The <laughs> next one, Libra. Also one of my exes, September 23rd, October 22nd. I don't even know. What would you say? How are Libras Libra? in bed? Libras are ruled by Venus too. Again, that's an yeah. air sign. So they can also be kind of in that dreamy mental space. Mm. There's also the, the scales. There's a natural balance there. Yeah. But, you know, Libra is like a very, it's it's Venusian. So yeah, there's a lot of like passion and love. And it's really cool. I had a partner. Like sweet who, and pleasurable. My, my, my first, my, my, uh, first girlfriend was ah, a Libra cute. and you know there was both sides of that personality and I think that's the scales it's kind of like a very balanced it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be in a good way it can just be like a lot of like balancing out energy um but any Venus placements like I said like that's good there can be like really like I don't know like I don't know like flamboyant but yeah big personalities can happen with Libras, yeah. but it doesn't have to. There can be a balance. No, I thought there. I thought more like there's something like very like kind and stable about them. Libras like, are cool. Yeah, totally. I have a lot of, a lot of friends who are Libras too. I think it's like such a good vibe as a person. It's a alone. good vibe. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually can't say I know anyone prominently who I'm like fuck that person who's a Libra. who's a dick. I don't think that Libra. about many people, but but it's true. Like I think, and and so that's how I can kind of imagine there. I mean. I really like I, I was in a really long relationship with a Libra and I think with him super like fun, you know, fun, but not in like a crazy way, just like playful and sweet and yeah. something like that. I think. Yeah. That. Now it gets interesting. A Scorpio. October yes. 23rd, November 21st. I mean, the biggest cliche is that Scorpios want to fuck all the time and are the kinkiest of them all. No. Yeah, I think it's a, a pretty <laughs> big cliche because, again, it's about placements. I'm a totally. Scorpio rising. Oh, I are you? Yeah, and I do think that's why people, um, even when I'm not talking about sex, um, pick up on like a sexual vibe for me. I'm usually completely unaware of it. It's like it's not something that like I'm consciously mm. thinking of. Scorpio has a lot of destruction energy, a lot of rebirth energy. Yeah. It's eighth house stuff. Um, it can freak people out, to, to be clear. Like any Scorpio placements, eighth house stuff. But it's very functional. It brings things to the surface. It can be chaotic at times, but it can be like yeah. very – again, it's in a water sign, so that's like emotional – um, really bringing things up from the unconscious. 
So it can even be shadow work stuff. So it's like, you know, they no wonder Scorpios have been pinned, which typically throughout history recently, sex is kind of like shadow stuff, like mm -hmm. feminine, like shadow stuff. Um, that's why Scorpio might get pinned with that because it is going to bring up a lot of kind of like taboos and like, you know. There's something really interesting about most Scorpios, I think. And sexually, I think it's pretty... Actually, I think most of the time it's kind of kinky, actually. But I, That's what I was going to say, like, taboo kinky stuff, like, yeah. because it's shadow, shadow stuff. Yeah, and my eight house is, like, my fullest, like, most prominent house. So uh, I think it makes sense that it attracts me a lot, like, to... Your eighth house, you said? Yeah, it's, like... Yeah. It's, it's only the first and the eighth, like, nearly nothing else in my... Oh, in my death and rebirth, cool. Cool yeah. stuff. So this is kind yeah. of where I'm at. But yeah, I thought even definitely like this kind of taboo thing. Like definitely, yeah. yeah. That's why they get pinned is I think the most sexual, which is probably not true qualitatively. Again, yeah. it's based on place and things, but I wouldn't peg Scorpios as actually the most sexual because they can go hot cold real yes. fast. Yes, so. yes. That's why dating them is like... Mom, yeah, so freak great. people out for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Next one, and this is my rising sign, Sagittarius. November 22nd, December 21st, all the time or very rarely. They're, but I thought also that they're like super playful and like adventurous and curious, sexual, sexually speaking. Think of like Zeus when you think of Sagittarius because that's Oh God, have Jupiter sex in every fuels. form possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sag is, I'm a Sag moon, expansive sign, mm -hmm. fire sign, passion. Um, what you're seeing is the arrow shooting into the sky, which is shot by a centaur. centaur um, that it's a very expansive, like going far yeah. places, like going out there sexually also could make sense if you have like a prominent place placement. Um, Sag is great. I mean, any fire sign, there's always going to be passion, right? Yeah. There's always going to be kind of like expansiveness. Jupiter ruling Sagittarius. Just think of Zeus's sexual encounters. Like that's what you should be thinking about in terms of like, how did he? But he was, he was like, wow, rapey, there's a beautiful though. woman. I'm going to fuck her. Like, <laughs> yes, there was no like thinking about consequences about you know mm. hera is going to turn this one into a cow and all this other stuff it's just oh, yeah. like that's kind of like and it's it is there is kind of like an innocence to it too it's not schemy it's not like let me can it's just like all right i see something i want it i'm gonna go for it that's like an arrow yeah. going through the sky so you could probably see a lot of that with the sag placements sexually um one of like the craziest wildest um things I had for somebody was with the Sagittarius, like sexually speaking. I mean, so fun. The funnest. Be mystical, philosophical too. Yeah. There's like mind expanding stuff that like Sag is cool. Sag is cool stuff. I actually have moon and rising in Sagittarius. Yeah, moon is cool because that means internally, when I figured this out, this is where astrology actually really helped me. Um, when I figured out because I'm like a Cancer Sun, Scorpio rising. I'm like, why? Why do I feel like I just want to like move around and like travel and like expand, even if it's just like psychedelic? But like, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, because I move, that's how I feel. Like I always yeah. feel like that, no matter what. And I do like to stay home and like harm it up and all that. But I also just like to fucking, you know, sometimes just like get the fuck do something. So <laughs> that's that's how this stuff can actually help. It helped me a lot when I started to realize. Some of these placements well especially yeah. i mean everyone can go online and do like a free birth chart so you can kind of check out where you land yeah it's worth it 
Yeah. Okay. Capricorn. December 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> January 19th. A little uh, during the weekend, a lot on the weekend. I don't know anything about Capricorns. You can know that they earth sign, but mm -hmm. represented by the sea goat. So there's this connection to water and the unconscious and emotions. Also, I, what I love about Capricorn uh, associated with the devil in tarot. Ooh. So devil's not bad, but it can have to do with fear. So you may have partners with cat placements who um, either in, invoke or invite fear in you or are mm -hmm. fearful of themselves. And it's not like an indictment and saying like caps are bad and they're afraid of shit. It's just like that relationship tends to be there. Um, okay. It, Interesting. It, caps are, are cool. They can like shadow aspect is being like, kind of like a negative Nancy and like kind of like a mm. downer in a positive side. It's kind of like that person is probably going to be like pretty on top of their shit, pretty stable, okay. but also understand um, a fair amount about people, not totally in the dark about what's going on. So Cap, I also don't have a lot of, I don't think any. No, I really, literally none. Here it says they're really rigid about schedules and rules and stuff. Yeah. Earth. That it's often yeah. hard for them to be flexible with their sexualities because yeah. there's, yeah. So maybe that's, um, I mean, it's always like we all have so many different sides of us, right? But this is interesting because I really have no experience at all. And you could, um, everyone has these placements too. You can, yeah, yeah. you have houses in your chart. See which house Capricorn falls into. Mm, um, you can use the whole house time thing in astro if you want to do it someone just showed me that so that way the houses are actually lined up with signs and not like off ah so got it so you get um, it yeah. yeah okay now we're nearly done aquarius january 20th february 18th and they are an air sign they are an air sign and a little mm -hmm. distant so, yeah right uh -huh. <laughs> yeah my longest relationship was with an aquarius ah um, yep I've never so, slept with anybody who was, I mean, I never did any Aquarius. You know, <laughs> Aquarius, I mean, just, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, here like it says it takes them quite a bit uh, to connect deeply, that it takes a while to trust. Um, but once it's there, there can be a sense of loyalty and it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's mental sign, like another air sign, another kind of like really deep and powerful kind of stuff associated a lot of people talk about the age of aquarius and how that's a big shift mm, into kind of just happened yeah 5d yeah depending on who you ask it's happened i oh. totally <laughs> oh know, wait it, there's a, people <laughs> have different perspectives on how planets in the skies and when ages start i mean it's it's all good whatever whatever narrative makes sense to people and feels right is what they should engage with um but age of aquarius are typically associated with kind of like a higher level of consciousness kind of love and unity um, so there is this expansive and kind of changing um, energy typically associated with that. I think in the positive sense, if you can find that with an Aquarius, that's probably pretty awesome in bed. Mm. Like that's a really yeah, like, yeah. You know, spiritual connection that you can get going there. Um, cool. Again, any air sign chatter would be in your own head. Just watch out for that shit. Yeah, totally. And now last but not least, Pisces. Pisces. Another emotional one. <laughs> February 19th, March 20th. And they're super emotional, I know, and they have sensitive too, right? So that probably can have two different 
mean two different things in bed, I'm assuming. Two fish, two fish going in opposite directions. Uh, Pisces, I mean, again, that emotion, if harnessed, is like irreplaceable. It's like an yeah. amazing kind of superpower. Um, also mystical, right? This is the sign typically associated with like Jesus and Christ consciousness. It's the mm. last sign of the zodiac. It's what the age would be moving into because it's going kind of backwards if you're looking at the ages like that. Um, super powerful, kind of amazing, intimate, emotional connections, but you can have that conflict, you know, that that rumination going back also emotionally. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 a good one. It's a powerful one, but 12th house placements ruled by Neptune, Ooh, I that's, think. That's pretty so, challenging. Yeah, 12th no? house, house of, um, house of uh, self-undoing. So you can kind of get the vibe of what that's like, but it can be oh, yeah. pretty functional and useful and great. I mean, can you say what's your favorite sign to have sex with? That's a little hard to say, no? Yeah, it's Im almost impossible because, again, it's if we're talking sun <laughs> sign. It's you so just broad. It's so hard. I mean, you just don't know. Ultimately, I can tell you right now, it's a Taurus. I mean, but well, because right now, because you're having sex with a Taurus, though. Sex with, I mean, that's that's how it works. But I mean, I, it's really like a combination of things that obviously go into that. It would never just be astrologically based. You know that. I know that. But it can certainly give you clues. I think like you, you're probably having really good sex when you are physically, emotionally psychologically spiritually connected with someone Absolutely. it doesn't have to be that you don't have to have any of those things and still have good sex to be clear but yeah. that type of sex is like very powerful and helpful i think for people like healing it can even be so you know this I type mean, of shit can be transformational yeah totally it can really totally. i mean so. especially i think if we were talking about like the scorpio energy to a certain degree right death and rebirth and like kind of looking at like deep different parts of yourself um, and sex can be such a powerful tool to get to that place. Totally. Thank you so much. Thank you. This, I, obviously, these are some of my favorite conversations. I don't get to talk about this stuff all the time. There's actually, there is this app called CoStar where you can match. Totally. Um, totally. And then it will tell you a little bit about, I mean, very basic, but it will tell you a little bit about um, who, like, I think you can do it with friends too, but I think it's mainly for partners. I literally yeah. went a, was on a first date once and the dude was like, so do you want to match on CoStar? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. It was fucking funny. The date was horrible. And we match on CoStar and it says basically that we are horrible together. It says that we will have bad sex. Like it gave us this whole thing. And I was like, I can see that. I can absolutely see that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the power of astrology. All right, and now the second half of our two-part episode. Go to the Synchronicity Podcast first to check out our first half and then come back here to check out our Life Talk Part 2. I mean, it's weird because there, we don't have really a lot of examples of how that looks lived, right? No. Because I think it's very easy to read a few books and like to be interested in it and like maybe even to do psychedelics. It's like sl slightly easy, you know, in the sense that you just pop a pill <laughs> or whatever you do. Um, and then you have an experience. But I think it's very difficult to be like, okay, so I understand this concept. Like, how do I actually feel that? How does this become reality? I was just thinking about this while you were talking and 
I looked outside of the window and it's snowing out there. It's gorgeous. And we are having this conversation that is so stimulating to my mind. And I feel like extremely grateful. I'm having so much fun. I feel like I'm stoned, but I'm totally sober, well, people. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Uh, lucky you i'm sober no but i'm you know in a sense that like as soon as you get into that playful realm a voice comes up in my head and is like you are stoned like this is a little crazy how um how would that like fit into the way you're supposed to live and be because these yeah because it's just like the patterns that the trick is as best as i can tell is when you really know and feel there are no rules there's like consensus mm-hmm. objective man-made rules. Of course, there's this, we are aware of those, but like the actual <laughs> energetic ones, there's no rules. That's why people generally yeah. do what they feel like they're supposed to do. The trick is, is being like, well, what if what I want to do is unconventional? What if it doesn't fit in with the structure mm-hmm. of reality? What do I do then? And I don't know, test this shit out. That's a light. It's like an easy, it's fun. easy, lightweight way to get into it as far as I can see because it doesn't cost anything. It's a really minimal amount of effort, not over the long haul. Over the long haul, you're taking on a large commitment. It's kind of getting like, <laughs> watch out for that one. But in the short <laughs> you have term, to take all these drugs like no one did. That's what I don't tell people. It's like, hey, listen, uh, you know, just start imagining things. There won't be any repercussions. I think in my first few episodes <laughs> I started talking about this, I was very clear though. Like, If you do this, if you pull this string like your shit's going to get crazy pretty quickly. Like something is going to come to like really upset your reality in a fundamental way because you're going to ask yourself questions like, where's the line between me and the world? What is the relationship between my internal state and external reality? How do crazy things that have not happened or I didn't think were possible, how are those possible now? Like what is actually the mechanism at play there? And I mean, Mm -hmm. I I always wonder because I think – I had a moment in my life, uh, and, it, and to a certain degree, it all kind of makes sense. Like I grew up in a Buddhist commune as a kid, and then I kind of went a little bit into the normal world, I would say. And now I'm probably in between somewhere. But um, I, I've been asked that too, like with my choice of work. And like, I think I'm, I'm a radical writer and like, I run like a little magazine, like people know probably in a podcast about sex and sexuality. Um, and so- Obviously, if you meet somebody new in like the normal world, <laughs> you're saying, okay, I'm an erotica writer and I run this little brand and this magazine uh, about female pleasure. People are like, what? what's your life like? Right. Like how bizarre. Like you're an like, exotic bird who. Oh, totally. They're so confused. You know, they're like, so, so you fuck all the time? <laughs> like, do you only do BDSM? Like, <laughs> you know, like they think I have like a dungeon at home. I'm like. Okay. Anyways. Have a dungeon at home. That's just a good thing to have. <laughs> I have a little yeah. dungeon. Um, but um, I should probably. Um, <laughs> Why not? Why not? Imagine that. Twenty twenty one. No, but I think it's interesting. Um, you must have this all the time. Like then, sometimes you obviously meet a lot of people. Like we met met each other, and like you have a lot of friends that are kind of similarly interested. But there is something that happened in my life where I did make a decision where I was like, okay, listen, I'm too curious and I I find the suffering of human existence unacceptable and I I risk losing myself to a certain degree in order, not to a certain degree, fully, 
In the beginning, you don't understand it to a certain degree. Right. Uh, that it's fully. Yeah. You think it's like just a little bit. You know, I'll just give a little bit. It's fine. But, um, you know, and then you do 5-MeO and you die. See, that's, oh, I want to talk uh, to you about that too, but keep going. <laughs> no, but um, I think it is extremely rewarding, but it's so much. It can be so overwhelming. And you kind of need a few people around you that like hold you to, I think, through these processes. Totally. I mean, you know. tend to. That's why I call Noah a lot. People, yeah, and we tend- <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm crazy. He's like, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that a lot of those times where we put ourselves through that, it is like a death process. It is like a yeah. real. I mean, I, I was pretty emphatic when I really started, like, you know, evangelizing a lot of this kind of perspective just on the podcast that, like, this is really a death process for a lot of people. It's letting go or kind of killing off versions of yourself that. And it can be sad. It can be totally sad. And sometimes you can go through very sad events as though you're actually like would have went through like one with a breakup with a person. Like there's relationships Mm -hmm. to yourself that you have that. Oh, the destructive ones? Yeah. I get sad sometimes. I'm like, oh, I guess we can't do that anymore. There's quality of of the shadow and destructive stuff that can, I think the reason it can get sad saying goodbye to some of that stuff. Because I think- a lot of that behavior and action comes from an unconscious, like unknowing that like it's all good, mm-hmm. like shit's okay. So, like yes. when you go in and you don't know that shit's okay, if that version of you were to die, it's terrified. It's like, oh my God, like shit might not be all good. This is horrible. Let me keep fucking shit up and throwing chaos so we don't have to deal with that. Um, so there mm-hmm. can be like aspects of sadness to it. What I will say is most of the time um, – if you learn how, like you can get the sadness is great. Like all that stuff is like, it's great. There's a spectrum of emotion where we can be appreciative of that state internally. It allows us to see it in other people. It allows us to like engage with it in a, in a, in a useful way and not judge it. So there's lessons in all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it is a big death. It's only, huh? It's, it's not sad for, it's not sad for long in the sense that like you know i think if you've actually caused yourself a lot of pain and then you find a way out of it to a certain degree you know it's there's just like this little moment where you're like Mm. oh i guess this we're not doing this anymore but in the end obviously you worked so hard to get there because it caused so much pain and i but i think you are right you can see it in other people and that's actually you know what i just like thought Mm. of you gave me an imagination exercise a size like a few months ago that I'd never done before. And that was to look at relationships because I had all these dreams about my exes. Do you remember? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, people like I literally had two weeks where every night it was a different ex. Like people hadn't thought about in years. I was like, why? You're like, why? Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why? I'm like, what's happening to me? You know, I'm like completely losing it. So you told me I should do this thing where I'm like, sit down and imagine different people. Um, and their energy and how I feel with them and then have a conversation or just kind of like talk about like, why is this still here? Like what's happening? Why, why am I not letting go? What's mine? What's that person's? Um, and with one person, I had such the same person from last summer. Funny enough, I literally, this is where I thought maybe I'm psycho. Maybe this is why I didn't even tell you. I had this person like was with me. I was also sober. Now people think I'm going to really have lost my mind. Um, I was sober, sitting on my couch. He came to me. I mean, I made him appear. And he showed me, like, all his pain. 
And I could see it in like this energy, this like green and blue energy ball anyways. But I was just sitting there. I was like, wow, I see this. And I know it's okay. You know, like I'm not trying to fix this for you. I'm not trying to do anything like, we, but I see you yeah. because I know that pain. I don't have it like yeah, him. Yeah, but it's, you can recognize or, it. That's. I recognize it. Yeah. I'm like, that's. that's and okay. that from my perspective is probably more real than what we tend to put ourselves through in actual interactions with people physically. Not all the time. Sometimes we have a really good like way of actually cutting through that. But like a lot of the time that is, that's like the core of what's actually going on. And when you can energetically yeah. kind of deal with that stuff, um, I don't know. It makes the actual relationships more functional. It makes them more like useful. Oh yeah. I've resolved a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's lot. cool. You got some real, real awesome things that you're doing. I mean, I, I'm not surprised because I know the kinds of questions that you've been asking and we've been talking about just in general. Like these are like, this is the real stuff. This is like really clicking into like, uh, you know, and what it's not been easy. So. <laughs> it's, not, it's usually not. I would say sometimes it's more effortless than effort being exerted at times, but it's, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a real, you're, when you get to a place where it's more way, where things kind of make sense together a little bit more, you know, uh, that gets a little more, I just want to, I just want to say that to like the people that are listening. Like I, for me, it's been like, that's why I'm saying it's like, it takes a lot of effort just because for me, it wasn't like one day I was like, I'm imagining this. And no. 24 hours, hours later, I was a billionaire and I was sitting on the beach in the snow. Um, but, you know, and I'm not a billionaire yet, but uh, I, th I think it's just like to show how valuable this work is because step by step and like it goes in, it's like a roller coaster, you know, but it's worth dealing with yourself like that or like working on it. Like That's that. the trick, right, is having the patience and ability to recognize that maybe you're not going to quantum leap. Also, I think I don't do a great job all the time of like laying the groundwork um, of how much oh like how much i had to pay attention to my own behavior to external reality to what works what doesn't work what the feeling of wanting something is like comparing to like knowing like you have like this is this was the for me it felt like everything clicked at one point um pretty much but everything that went into that moment before everything clicked I mean, there's a million things that like I thought were going to click and didn't click or like they were close and they didn't or like I remembered something and then I forgot it. It it gets to a point where you don't have everything figured out, but you at least remember no matter what, at least in my experience so far, this has been going on now like we're in like year two or three um, of like really like living pretty much from this perspective and things have not always been rosy during that period of time, <laughs> but really recognizing it like you just go like, all right, like. I can control at the very least my reactions and emotions on a fundamental level. Maybe not even in the moment. Maybe I'm totally reacting. Mm -hmm. I'm fucking thrown for a loop. But on a fundamental level, I'm going to be like, you know what? This is going to pass. And the more I really understand that, yeah. like I really understand, like sometimes people, I freaked out about shit. You know, wise people around me will be like, just relax. It's going to pass. And I'm like, no, but like it's thing. Like how do you not get it? Like, what do, like what's the problem? But like every single time that thing passes, like for sure, like you, you, we don't seem to have the capacity oh. to hold on constantly to a state of agitation. It's like we wouldn't be here. There's another place for that. But I do know that like that perspective, understanding that fully, 
whether you want to look at it like just like a, a pacifier for not dealing with reality or denial of the way things are, whatever. <laughs> All I know is that has served me better than every moment of anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, panic, judgment that I've all put together. Like all of those things mm. together have, they've taught me lessons and they've been invaluable. But in terms of like yeah. results and practical, like verifiable, like, yo, I feel, I feel pretty good most of the time. Um, that's. Yeah. And who's, I mean, that is the, no matter how you actually get to that point, you know what I mean? I would think, unless you're hurting other people. And, then, and you won't but, get to that because it's a it's you're not you won't hurt other people because you're you're understanding something you're doing be fundamentally yes you're not. so yeah. yeah 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 no but I mean I think that's I'm so I mean it's so funny when I when we first met how long has it been now a year two I don't even no it's just been a year a little only bit been, yeah because I was in L A a year and a half oh, wow no a little yeah. yeah yeah a little more it wasn't a fall no yeah it was in the fall. Yeah. No, summer. I want to say summer. Yeah, no, the fall. It was the fall, 2019. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's wow. what I thought. Um, but um, I there's something about you that I was like that – I mean, there's so many amazing things about you. <laughs> but there's one thing you always said. Like every time I ask you how you're doing, you're like, I'm great. And normally, you know, it could be a very American thing to be like, oh, my God, everything's amazing. Um, but with you, it was just like this is – this is the perspective. Yeah. You know, this is like how you choose to feel. And I think that's how I, how I see, or, you know, it's funny. I, I, how it, like, I think that is actually true. I would argue, I would think many people who know me very, I mean, you have texted me before and we're like, it's only okay. Yeah. And no, and I've come <laughs> to you and I've been like, shit is crazy right now. I'm, you know, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's, I generally do default to things being at least good and usually pretty fucking amazing. And I think that at times can bother oh, people who don't feel like that <laughs> because they're like, no, this motherfucker, like he's lying. There's some horrible shit that he's dealing with internally that might be taking <laughs> apart. And I <laughs> maybe I'm unaware. Of well, is that <laughs> but I but is it also Things are not mutually exclusive too, though, right? Like you can still choose to be good and things can still be challenging. Totally. And maybe like there are plenty moments in my life where if you call me at that moment, I'd be like, shit is not good. Shit feels bad. But they're <laughs> very, very, I really, my tolerance for that in my life yeah. is probably what most people would consider minuscule. I just don't have tolerance. for. There's too many things I actually want to do in life that even if I feel like absolute garbage and my soul is being ripped apart, I'm like, I still got to do these things. Like the, at the bare minimum, mm. I have to do these things because that's kind of what I'm here to do um, or feels like I need to do. That That's kind of maybe the calibrating device for me that makes it a little easier to kind of, I don't know, yeah. the things. I don't know how to describe it. And it is really important to say like there's, there's plenty of shit that goes on in my life where it's like that's annoying that sucks this is convenient <laughs> this is horrible like that shit does happen but like you're saying it's a perspective on what that is in my life um and i just don't believe bad things happen to me yeah anyone yeah. unless they allow which is very unpopular 
Because if you're going through something bad and someone tells you, well, only bad things happen if, if you allow it, they're like, fuck you. And me too. If someone said that to me. Like, oh, I've been there. Like, I totally you. Been like, there. what are you fucking saying? But at the end of the day, when you really like break it down and get it, it's like, oh, shit. I think that's kind of <laughs> I totally had that. So uh, like over the past, I don't know, six months maybe where I've, I've like worked a lot on myself, I guess. Well, whatever. It's been longer and it's an up and down anyways. <laughs> but- life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have had this moment where I was just so frustrated. I was like, I have to take responsibility for all this bullshit that everybody else is doing around me. And like, why am I responsible for everybody else's shit that is like put on Classic. me? Yeah. Right. I'm like, what the fuck is this happening to me? But honestly, um, I've learned so much through it. It's fine. Like, I think now I understand a little bit more, you know, when you're not so it's also a perspective. It's also a perspective. Like these things are not happening to you to punish you and to make you a victim. It's only a chance to dig deeper and find more. Even if that's wrong, why not is basically what my stance on this shit is. Like at the at worst, I'm going to be like, why not? I fundamentally agree with that. That's my perspective on reality. But like even if it's like, well, no, I don't think so. My experience says that things are bad and, you know, bad things happen. You can't control it and you just got to adjust to reality. Just be like, all right, well, maybe just for like a day or two, try this other thing. Just in, Just try to feel like that for two days and see what the fuck happens in your life. Because that's when, you know... Hmm. that's when you play with yourself and reality and it tends to play uh-huh. back, but it can be, I, I totally get, I mean, look at, you know, wars and horrible fucking things that happen in hmm. the world. Like people's trauma and shame and harm that's been inflicted or their perceived harm that can lead to horrible, horrible objectively yeah. things in the world. So we don't ignore that, but I, at least for me, the only way of fundamentally addressing something like that, like real internal fucked up, like just you can't do shit right, you can't see it, is you got to do it yourself. You have to start with yourself. You will not be able to teach anyone anything. You could talk about it. It's why people, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm totally aware that there are people who say very similar things to me about how reality works and how imagination works and how manifestation works. And they're saying the exact same words and no one, everyone's like, no, that's fucking crazy. That's insane. The reason a large enough uh-huh. people listen to me about this stuff is like, this is my fucking life. Like this is literally like, try to shake me yeah. off this rock because this is my lived experience. As soon as it changes, I'll talk about something else. Like that's just how I am as a person. That's like a very important thing for like people to experience that that's their choice their way of engaging with reality their understanding of what this place is how it works that's always within their whether you want to call it like destiny or whatever like they always have the ability to wake up and remember that that's kind of what's going on um and for those of us who proclaim it and yell about it a lot we challenge the fuck out of ourselves. We really fucking yeah. throw like every test because you don't want to be one of these people yakking about this shit. Maybe like, hmm, I think I'm wrong. Like maybe it's not like that. It doesn't mean just be like rigidly fixated on something, but like when you accept that you're available, like you're a loving, limitless, amazing person, just fundamentally don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Don't let that go because someone else says that's not what's going on. Fundamentally make a choice about whether you think that's true or not. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking about this um, because I had a pretty big 
realization, I would say, in December about commitment. Mm, because you just said like commit or like you didn't say the word commitment, but you said like accept it, right? That you are. And I I was looking at a few things in my life where I was like, oh, I'm not committed, right? I'm not fully in. I am like one foot out, one foot in. I'm always like, oh yeah, that's fine. But like, you know, the door is open. So I got to leave. I got to leave. And this is not just in relationships, but this is in different, different parts of my life. And I literally was like, it, when I understood what being committed to myself and my heart meant to like what I need to do for me, it, everything made sense because I was like, okay, now I have an anchor. I know where to decide from. Right. And like, if all the other shit comes, that's fine. But I just have to remind myself, I'm like, okay, no, I don't, I won't allow that much space right now because I need to do this. I'm committed to this, this path that my heart is taking, you know, it's like woo-woo as the sound. I'm just really meaning maybe you can, for me, it didn't feel that way, but maybe something as simple as like commit to loving yourself and to being good to yourself. That's pretty much the name of the game. That's the name of the game because yeah. then no matter what happens. And be full in, you know, like full in. You fucking marry yourself at that's that point. Exactly You're like, what it is, baby, it's me and you until the fucking end and we're going to do That's this. exactly what it is. And when you accept that, you at least know what you're working with and you start to understand what an actual commitment is to like a perspective, to a state of consciousness. And that's a lot of these like metaphysical kind of uh, explanations of joining consciousness, however you want to describe it, man, whatever you want to call it. Um, has to do with marriage. It's marrying those two mm -hmm. aspects of mind, right? There's one mind ultimately, but we have the subjective and the objective and marrying them and joining them and allowing them to function in harmony is essentially what we're doing. If you start at that root one where it's just really like loving yourself, like legitimately, and like that doesn't mean you have to like enjoy every single thing that you do. Like I do things sometimes like why I do that? <laughs> well, what is that? That's a crazy thing. But it does mean like on a fundamental level, you're good. If you accept that, shit in your life is probably going to start to reflect it back to you. Whereas if you're walking around being like, yo, my shit is fucked. Uh, you know, like uh, bad things are happening. I don't know what's going on. You know, very, very, who knows? Yeah. It's, I'm scared. You're going to get that back. And I think we all have endless opportunities to engage with that. So it's actually an active choice that you're making on a regular kind of dynamic basis. Um yeah, and it's not like even like if you're scared, right? It's not like you're doomed to get everything bad reflected back to you. Because I think it's often that was like challenging for me to be like, oh, if I'm not in a good place, shit, I'm going to attract a lot of shit back. And like it's the cycle of doom, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just I'm like perpetuating and everything is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse, which is not um, I think we talked about this before once um, to where it's a little bit about like being okay that that exists, you know, also being okay with that aspect. You're like, okay, now you're afraid. It's okay. Right. It's You don't it's push okay. things away. The act of pushing away, it's like when you want something, you're trying to make something happen. You're actually crystallizing thing you don't want. That's why you can mm. accept and acknowledge whatever's happening or whatever thoughts you're having, whatever fears, whatever anxieties, you accept them. You don't push them away and say it's not going to happen. You just say, all right, this is something that's happening. I think. I would prefer if maybe I didn't feel like this in these situations where I'm able to, that's, that is like massaging back to that thing, like the subconscious. And I mean, yeah, we all have different things bother different thing, uh, different people 
differently. It's a weird, weird way of saying that. But you have to find the things, everyone has to find the things that really affect them and like use that as like food. Like you, that's what you're supposed to like consume and work on and digest. And then eventually I guess shit out basically. And just like, <laughs> you know, you're done with it. Like that's the lesson. That's what you're supposed to do. And yeah, yeah I just, uh, if you fight that and you view it as something that's inherently uncomfortable, oh, it's, worse. it's the worst fucking thing. Oh, no, it totally is. Like, even if it's with, with dating, you know. <laughs> I get it. It's fucking the worst. I get it. That's the worst. I mean, I think there is something in that, like, um, yeah, just just you can allow yourself. Or for me, like, I allow myself to, like, feel certain things. And I'm like, okay. And now we'll move on. You know, like, that's okay. Yeah. But, like, you don't have to make, like, your whole universe around your hurt, you know? No, because if you do, you're probably going to get <laughs> continual examples of that. So don't yeah. do it. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. People are also going crazy because we're like trapped inside officially now. It really feels, I mean, at least in this country. What do you mean? I feel like I've been trapped for a long time. I have time. not. I have not. With Trump, <laughs> Trump, it didn't feel very trapped. I mean, for me, like he was just kind of like letting every, he was about to open up the country and everything. And now Biden came in and was like, nah, none of that. So I, for the first <laughs> time, I'm like, holy shit, this is like, I'm actually restricted in my movements, which is a different kind of feeling. I mean, a lot of people in this country felt like that anyway, but. But New York was horrible. It's fine. Last year too. It's fine. What was that? I don't even know how bad it is. No, not now. I don't even know how bad it is right now. I don't even know what the fuck is actually going on on like a fundamental well, level does, no? with this thing. <laughs> I don't know either. Some, at some point people are going to like, I, I just feel like how long can you, you make people do this for? Like, how, when is the breaking point for most people in the world where they're like, no, like, mm -mm. like, we're actually going to go outside now and interact with other people? I mean, it's going to happen eventually. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it might be different in China um, because they have way crazier restrictions. You know what I mean? On their people. Um, don't have to dive deep into politics, but we all know that that's a communist country that is not democratic and uh, i heard <laughs> you know <laughs> i heard now that they engineered the well virus. right now they're pretty open i just heard that they're engineering they engineered this virus it's a global macro economic takedown of the western powers they already had oh. this shit under control basically whether it's through kind of uh authoritarianism and not letting people move or whatever i don't know that's what i'm saying i have no fucking idea what i do know it's like when I can't go to yeah. the places I want to go to easily, I, me, I get frustrated. <laughs> so. Oh, totally. I mean, I've, I go through waves, you know, of like, um, this is the only thing, like I somehow created something that, uh, that feels good. There's, there's actually something I have to say about this. this is very simple, but I'm a very social person and I date a lot and I'll do a lot of things, <laughs> but, um, I've never worked so poignantly and creatively as being as like in the past internally. few months. Yeah. Which I think is always like a bit of a ridiculous thing to say because in some kind of sense, uh, I should be able to do this without a quarantine because, you know, I'm not one of those who's like, I love the quarantine. I really fucking don't. But there is some way to like, yeah. 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 To like, Get something look out of it you. if you can. We did look at that. Look at you, rosy eyes, the optimist about the quarantine. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I know you. You're catching me at a good day, yeah, dude. It's awesome. Um, it could be worse. It was worse, you know. <laughs> 
A few weeks ago, I was like, I just want to do drugs and go dancing. You know? I, I also like the, the that's that's what I mean, though. Those thoughts that I think people naturally have will eventually overtake. I guess when the weather gets nice, that's what it's going to be, huh? That's how it works. Yeah. Oh. yeah okay, natural cycles. I can get on board with that. That's not the worst thing. You're like, I only have to wait until the summer. <laughs> I know. It's fucking not even February. Jesus Christ. You know, it's snowy. We'll have our own dance party when I'm I come so back. Ready. I mean, I my friend who I live with now, my roommate, Bill, we make music when we're here and we're just talking the other day. He's a DJ about how people are just like, there's only so long you can keep the lid on this type of stuff. There's a natural function of like dancing and like being at parties and like having a good time that people kind of need, I want to say. And like. Of course, we're social like species. Like, what are you gonna say? Like, it is what it is. I know it's so boring to talk about COVID, but it's something that literally that everyone deals with every fucking day. It's so weird. Maybe not like omnipresently, but just like going out or recognizing like what is going on. Like, no one knows. Does someone know? That's the thing. Does someone know? <laughs> Please tell Please us. Tell us you know, <laughs> I don't know. I do know that it doesn't really determine most of what I'm trying to do in the world, but I recognize it no, does I mean, have okay. that impact on a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. I mean, I, I say it doesn't like it, it's affected my life full oh. on. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an exile. I, hate, I love when I say that and I hate when I say that, but, um, you know, I, I normally live in LA and right now I'm in Europe and like I go back and forth, but like now I've been here for three months now and I wanted to go back two months ago, but it's not possible at the moment. So it is really challenging. You know, it, it affects my life at the basis of like, where's home? You know, where can I, I guess? Be? So yeah. I guess on like a metaphysical level, it's kind of a microcosm or a macrocosm of like being a human being and being somewhat limited and being somewhat kind of mm. uh, restricted in certain areas and kind of getting used to that and recognizing. To be fair, to be fair in the Western world or like, you know, and in, in, in our in countries that we live in, we're not really used to being restricted. At all. You know what At I mean? All. Like, so it's a bit like it a baby. Like like, a baby oh my God, it? how dare okay. they? And then you like, all the other people like, you know how we live? Like, you know, our governments, so <laughs> not so fun. So true. <laughs> can't move at all. I can't travel. I mean, I noticed even from friends of mine in Brazil and Mexico yeah. and stuff, they need visas to go everywhere they want to go, like everywhere. And like, they are not, they don't have the concept of like free travel. I guess we, it's not like that for we them. We just have to learn the other perspective. And I guess it's a lot of kind of, I mean, that also seems like a huge vibe over the past year. And it seems like this year is learning other perspectives. And what that mm, usually yeah. feels like for us is like, that sounds great. I'm going to learn other people's perspective. What it's actually like is like, oh, what? No. Fuck. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, that's, why, that's why politics works so well, you know, because Oh, never, nobody wants to see the other side. Oh, money is getting destroyed. Like I love that aspect of reality. It's fucking. Oh yeah, you're you're full on crypto. Crypto too, but like, this, have you? I don't. There's these people on Reddit blowing up hedge funds over and Wall. Oh, I saw it's something insane. like that today. I so much because it's literally what like I know to be true about money. Like, there, there's GameStop was the first one. They're doing AMC today. There's all these people when they're shorting a stock, they're basically saying it's going to go down. And all these people on Reddit are like, fuck these people. They're shorting this stock. We don't give a shit what it's really worth. We're going to pump it up and liquidate them. And they liquidated. <gasps> That's how it goes. I wasn't sure what yeah. that freaking well, meant in the beginning. I mean, oh, damn. basically, they liquidated this huge hedge fund, and now they're doing it again today. They're basically finding targets of people who are shorting things and buying it all 
and uh, making people go out of business. And it's kind of interesting. And it's it's also <laughs> very interesting to see different reactions. You know, when a hedge fund puts a million people into the fucking. Wait, are we all extremely bored? Like, why is this all happening? This is because everything is being overturned. That was my fundamental belief yes. is like yeah. the way that it is people are trapped inside. They have access to capital. Some people, they don't have anywhere to spend it. This is some people, they have savings. They don't, they're not spending it in the normal ways. They congregate in mass and, you know, a million people putting a thousand dollars in is an effective way to kind of like take on one, you know, a few people with big amounts of money. So it's, it's, it's very, can they invest in my stock? Like, yeah, can we do yeah, this? I mean, game? Basically what we're doing. <laughs> I'm like, everybody put a thousand people in a thousand dollars in my, you can, in my account. you can do that. Just got to find a thousand <laughs> people who are like super into it. That's it. And just be like one time. This is the only time I'm going to ask. I just need this. I'm gonna ask. Just like hook it up. You have one chance, you know, give me some money. I'll make. Yeah. Some I'm going to do something. You know? I, I'll promise. We're joking. I really do think over time that's actually what we're evolving towards is like that free exchange of like money as a resource towards like it's not going to be viewed as this thing we have to accumulate and hold on to and like store so we can be okay we're going to be like we're good no we're good and we're going to be able to circulate it and use it kind of like as an energy exchange and if that means sometimes someone gets a million dollars or someone needs 500 or they have to whatever like i i yeah. just have a feeling that's probably going to happen at some point in our lives. And it doesn't feel as like, I mean, hopefully I think so. It, it'll require a little bit of a shift in consciousness though, right? Happens. Because I do, th I think we're in the yeah, middle of it because it, it has to, because it, I think there's one thing about, um, last thing I want to say about COVID, I guess, but there's something really, um, odd that kind of bothered me about the masks, you know? <laughs> and yes, they're not comfortable people. I get it. Um, I think that I thought it was so interesting that if you're not wearing like an N95, right, you're only protecting others from you, but not yourself. And people had such a hard time with that fucking concept that they would do something just to protect others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest issue for a lot of people. And I'm like, this is crazy. I, you know, you're doing this not for yourself. Like, don't stop complaining and bitching. You're doing this so. I, I um, mean, Whatever my grandmother does, I'm, I'm no? gonna get in trouble because of the way I think. Oh, I first of all, I'll say I wear masks everywhere I go. I'm using the hand sanitizer when it's in the place where there's instructions. I do all this stuff. I don't, I don't, you don't believe in I, them. It's not that I don't believe virus, there's clear empirical evidence that this stuff is real. There's little spikes on it, it attaches itself to you, it gives you upper respiratory things most of the time. It's not that I don't acknowledge that i'm not trying to be like, no mm -hmm. real it's just made up moon landing stuff i i definitely know that said i do fundamentally believe whether it's an immune response or a negative effect thing i do think there is a feeling of health that is just as access accessible as an ideal as anything else in reality i don't think people should test this by going around and catching sneezes from people out in, you know, in the world, like sneeze on me, or let's see if I get sick. But I do think ultimately, like a buck chasing, I do think viruses are like fear based. I think that there's, yeah, I that. understand. Um, that said, I don't, but a mask is not the craziest thing we're experiencing. No, you know the what mask I mean? is like, the least of it. The mask is like, exactly. That's why I find it absurd because no matter what this virus is and how it happened and like what the conspiracy is, that is actually true. 
that concept of like you can protect somebody by wearing it and you're not sure like nobody can most people just say it is like that but even if you don't fully believe it but there's a tiny little chance it could do totally. that just put it on i mean i i don't know if i wear n95s i wear these korean things and this other one. Oh yeah i'm not i mean i think Oh, I'm not wearing N95s because I'm not protecting myself. I'm only protecting the other. And people. I don't mind wearing a mask. <laughs> I don't mind wearing a mask for other people if that's what they're saying. If other people are freaked out, that's not like an intrusion on my privacy and freedom. That's truthfully. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. This shit is real weird though with the flying now. They're making everyone get tracked everywhere. They're making proof of like it's pretty Orwellian, but I mean. It is. Oh, it totally it's so is. Weird. Yeah, I mean, I said this from the beginning on, like from last March, I had this whole thing and I was like, okay, listen, this is going to happen. Like until the vaccine comes, you know, the vaccine will come and they'll, I mean, it's all happening the way I thought it would, which is not, I'm not super clever. I think it's just easy to see, but they're going to make everyone, you know, do, like take the vaccine before you can fly. They're already talking about electronic um, vaccine passes or whatever. I thought this, I mean, whatever. It's nothing new. Everything is just going clockwork, you know. So you'll um, you'll have to get a vaccine to fly. It's gonna no, be like that. You really think you need a vaccine to go into that? events? They're gonna do that? Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm, I, I, I'm I'm nearly 100. Do you, what, what's your stance? <laughs> really, go for it. What's your stance on vaccines? <laughs> <laughs> just that's all this podcast is just asking people what their stance is on Ooh. things you shouldn't talk about. Oh, this is hard, man. Uh, I go back and forth in this shit all Fair the enough. time. Dude. Fair enough. Here's my back and forth. I'll go first. I not in favor of vaccines. I'm not really super into it. It's weird. It's kind of suspicious to me. But are you an anti-vaxxer I'm not with an everything? anti-vaxxer. Like, first of all, my kids are vaccinated just because they go to school and that's mandated by the state of New York. So I waffle between yes, good. Um, vaccinate just because you have to in certain areas. And maybe that's a horrible thing. But also, I do think vaccines are bullshit for the most part. I just think they're like, it's weird to me, the idea that but they've literally ended the season. Yes, I do agree with that. However, I don't know that it took them a long ass time to eliminate polio and other things. And like COVID just came out and they're like, hey, here's this thing. Put it in your body like that to me. I don't need GMO stuff for the most part. You know what I mean? I'm like, that shit's weird. So like the idea of like, I'm just going to get this thing inject. I don't get flu shots. I, know, I don't get flu shots. That's the ultimate test. I mean, it's an optional vaccine. I don't get it. And you know what? The one year I fucking got it, I got the flu. So like, I don't know what that means. I don't want to extrapolate anecdotal evidence and apply it to literally everything. But for the most part, I, I don't know. I don't know that the intention behind most vaccines are as clear cut as the eradication of disease as some of us would like to believe at times i don't think it's i know but don't you think that the problem is that we can like talk about like if we think as non-medical professionals (laughs) (laughs) just morons talking about the vaccine that we can have like all the opinions in the world about like if we think this is bullshit if we think you're not going to be fertile after it you know all the fucking crazy stories um and you know, yeah. but I mean, in the end, what the reality of this situation right now is in the Western world is that you will have to take it, I think, oh, in order sure. to be able to go places. So you will have to make a decision for yourself to be trapped inside for way longer 
or to basically take it, take the shot, you know, <laughs> but I don't think, you know, I crazy shit. Is- I don't think so. I'm going to, I'm going to oh. imagine the timeline where that it's such a, no, no, it's never going to be mandatory in general. It's going to be mandatory to do certain like tra- and saying. that will like travel, like going to events, like big events for sure. You think you will be sports not going to let people in? It's, I mean, come on. I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're talking about shit like that. So you're, are you going to – so you're just going to be like, all right, I'm going to take that vaccine. I'm not sure. I might freeze my eggs before that. Oh, because of the fertility stuff, which my mom sent me an article. That does look to be kind of scientifically validated in some – Oh, really? Yeah. I, I've also heard people saying like it's complete it's bullshit. Complete. I it's all both know. true and not true. That's the uncomfortable reality of where we live now. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah. I, shit, I don't know if I think that's going to happen. I've been talking about that. Uh, really? You don't think that's going to happen? I don't know. I don't think so just because it's, I saw how. It's the only solution that, that they are There's offering Maybe right in now. some countries, but in, in the United States, people lost their fucking minds over masks mask is like the easiest thing in the world to be like all right that's why i'm saying it's so dumb but like granted a lot of people maybe aren't flying people are in line right now people are trying to get the vaccine and like literally cutting the line and like doing crazy shit so i don't know in america i know i know a lot of my friends are eager to get it i don't think i'll be opting into it at any point in the I mean, we won't be forced until like the fall. Kids, they'll force a Sorry. lot of people to do it with kids and then by proxy their parents. I don't know. Oh, oh, you might have an I don't know. that you don't want. I don't know. This is it's uncharted territory for most of us, I guess. Sure. I don't know, though. It's hard to it's hard for me to, I guess, implicitly trust a mass vaccination protocol, not because there's some nefarious plot going on. It's just like. I think people have been warning about viruses for like a really long time and no one was really yeah. on this shit. Really. Like they were really taken aback. Like in the beginning of this shit last year when it happened, people were like, uh, I guess maybe we shut down stuff for a while. Like that's what everyone collectively decided. So for me, the yeah. idea of like within a year, they've now found something that they are very confident is going to eliminate. It. I don't know. Maybe science is better than I think it is. And I'm an idiot. That's also a very distinct possibility but i'm inherently i'm not a very suspicious person but intuitively for me i'm not advocating people not to get vaccinated and if you have to go for it (laughs) you didn't hear this i'm probably not first in line to get that thing i'm definitely not first in line i do think though at the same time i don't see i don't see i'm not saying there's no other ways to deal with this i'm saying western countries are not offering any other thing they're like the vaccine is the only thing they're holding on to. So that's the only thing they're going to do. I, If I would see Western countries thinking of plan Bs and Cs, but there ain't any. There's closing down and doing a shot. There's nothing else that they're Isn't offering. that weird, though? Isn't that, like, already a little weird that that's the only option? Of course. And also, like, that nobody can do something, di- like, try different things. You know what I mean? Like, okay. If, like, what about, like, herbs? Just, what, like, what about, like, diet? Like, there's got to be some other thing on the spectrum of possible things that could be done to help you withstand a virus. Like, I don't know. It's just so weird to me that those, like you're saying, are the two options being presented. That makes me... They are. That pings my... Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. And I'm not like... Nothing... I don't think... Like, here's the other thing when I was saying I was waffling. 
if I was like, all right, I got to get this vaccine to travel. I have to do it now. I would get mm-hmm. it probably. And I'd be fine. Oh, yeah, right? This is where I'm at. I'm like, and mm. it's not a big deal, most likely. But if given the choice, I probably would be like, nah, I don't get the flu shot. This seems kind of like the flu. And someone's probably yelling at me like, it's more deadly than the flu. But I don't even know the number, like the numbers that they're tracking. Who the well, I think that way more people have it. I'm pretty sure way more people have it. I mean, well, they were for LA specifically, they were saying one in three people had it, you know, that's quite a lot. It's a third, you know, it's 33%, but herd immunity is 70. So that's, and if you say one in three is like a little low, let's just say we're at 50, which is probably a little too much, but let's say we're at 50% at this point. We're still like twenty percent away, so I don't know. Just go for you know, it, right? I, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about the Spanish flu though, yes. and I think that's kind of interesting because we had never, like, I had never really thought about the Spanish flu, and what a shit storm of bullshit that was. World War One, the Spanish flu, and then World War Two. Like, thank God we don't live in like the twenties. It wasn't um, great. It was a bad. Flu. Or maybe the twenty, the twenties was kind of like still that was like better, but like yeah, I guess like. Before and after was horrible. Um, but the Spanish flu took two years, right? And like it basically is the same wave that we are experiencing right now, which I find very funny that everyone's like, oh, shit, the second wave happened. How surprising. Oh, how surprising. Very odd. It's not surprising at all. But it took two years. But get this. 50, th- uh, 50 million people died back then. <laughs> and we're at like two million right That's now. That's what I'm saying. It's um, with corona. gentle this is that's that's my thing. It's also because that's we're my like thing where I'm like that's I guess that's where like if there was Ebola ravaging through all of civilization and people's guts are like pouring out of their eyes and like everyone's dying who gets it. Don't worry, I'm gonna take that shit pretty seriously. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna go well. I don't think something's wrong. But like as as painful as this may be, and obviously any death caused by corona is going to have the same impact as a death caused by anything else. It's not like that's lessens yeah. the blow of it. But the from what I've seen in the reality of what this virus does for the vast majority of people who get it is there is a recovery and it can even be mild to asymptomatic what's going on. And I don't think this is like we should become a raving death cult and just like rain down death on our elders and the immunocompromised. But I do think at a certain point in time, like we're talking about um, something that could be, I don't not, I don't look at it from an economic turn standpoint, but like I can tell mm-hmm. you, you trap people indoors, you restrict their movement where they're not used to that for two years, three years, that's going to have ramifications on mental health and all of these other things. And I just, Oh yeah, it already does. I don't think it already like, does have major ramifications yeah. on mental health. Nobody talks about that, and I think that's that's what where I thought capitalism is so fucking shitty, you know. Um, and also, I'm not saying that I don't benefit from fucking capitalism, you know, but I think we really we know this already. But it really showed the values of things, you know, to to think like that. Um, certain things are important to preserve, but mental health is never thought of, like thought of or talked to or put in consideration. And that's insane to me. That's absolutely insane. Your, your, um, your system, your body functions psychosomatically on so many levels that it's to me mind blowing that we know this, right? Like stress causes so many diseases and things that can happen to you. It's insane. Yeah. And it's weird. Okay, just stress. Like, what a vague fucking term. And then to be like, oh, whatever. 
there's this virus out there. It could be really harmful. But why don't we have everybody fucking depressed? Or just like <laughs> that's gonna work well. Other major issues, like how many homeless people are there, at least in this country? Mm-hmm. How many people are like oh, crushed by poverty or other systemic things that are going on? And it's not that we should that you know we can just eliminate that overnight. But like we we could have a a mobilized response. It's what we only care about if someone's going to physically die. That's the only standard of living that we're, we're caring about right now. And it's just the response relative to that. Um, I wouldn't use the term suspicious, but it just pings my intuition that this Mm -hmm. is, it doesn't feel like the whole picture of what's going on, just the whole media apparatus and like how it weaves in and out. Like when there's a major kind of oh, geopolitical nuts. event, the virus takes a backseat for a little bit. And then when like it lulls a little bit, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the, the I think, I think it's interesting in general, like what it does to us, you know, the fear aspect of it, like how easily it works on people. I think it's an interesting thing to see, no matter if it's on purpose or not, how easily yeah. it is to control people with fear. Um, and also what death means yes, to our society. that's been the biggest blessing, I think, from this whole thing is how people are uh, reapproaching and confronting their fears of death and disease and end of life and what that fundamentally means. Like that to me, ultimate, ultimately, why I do think the virus is a very good thing is at the very least more people than ever are thinking about mortality. Now, they may not heed yeah. that call and kind of refuse it and push it away, but it is a great opportunity to think about mortality. You're going to die, what that is. And then I think the fun part is for me, um, I just have this sneaking suspicion we don't lose our individual sense of identity. We may not have this exact body, but I don't think we like it gets yeah. ripped away from us in this hellish experience. It can be difficult for the pe- You know who death is the hardest on, truthfully? Even someone who has a very painful and difficult The people, people that are still here. Left. This is the yeah, worst yeah, thing. For the, yeah. I think so too. I absolutely think so. I don't think that death is that um, that bad. I mean, there's obviously an instinctual fear that we Of course, we, we don't know. It's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can all have proof. Yeah. I think, though, in our- Everything that I've learned about death, though, from like childhood on um, through Buddhism and then also through my five MEO experiences. Oh, tell me. Tell me about this. Just tell me about this. Oh. I need to know now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep it short because, you know, but- um. So 5-MeO is from um, from the yep. toad, from a frog, um, and the poison of a frog. And you smoke it. It crystallizes naturally, so it's all natural. It crystallizes naturally when it's, like, pressed out of the frog's body or whatever. Uh, and then you smoke it in a crack pipe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of, though. That's how I felt. Uh, like, I was like, what is basically. Yeah. Fucking looks like it. I was like, okay. Um but it it creates a near death experience. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, like it activates certain receptors in your brain that kind of simulate um, the process of dying. And a lot of people have a lot of different, extremely different experiences. Interesting enough, Ex- like everything from, you know, um, the idea is that you kind of like lose your ego and your sense of self, yeah. and you become one with everything. Um, but not everybody experiences that, and some people have horrible yeah, trips, yeah. like hor- like horrific, horrific, and some have like the most beautiful experiences yeah. of their life. Um, for me, I only did it once because I wasn't called to do it again because it is pretty fucking yeah. crazy. Uh, 
And I had a lot of like fear of dying. Like in a moment, you smoke it and you pretty much die very quickly in your mind. And everybody tells you you're not going to die. And then you think you are in one yeah. second. Oh, you're like, oh, I'm the only person who is dying of this. Okay, I guess. Um, and for me, I went pretty quickly. I didn't know I had like a choice. So I was like, oh, shit, I'm dying. Okay, I'm going to leave. I'm just I'm gonna, just going to go with it. Like, I guess I'm dead. This is like where I'm going. Uh, but I know people who fought that. Don't moment. fight it. You know, I just don't fight it. I didn't know. I, I didn't know I could. You know, it was like this strong. I was like, I had no. I didn't even know how that would actually happen. Anyways, but I um, I had this experience of ego loss, not ego loss, but like complete no concept of me as a person, as a human, as um, a thing. Just kind of like more pure consciousness in that sense. Uh, and then coming back to life, how it feels yeah. like, was like, that was like the, and it's so cliche, but it is the purest sense of a cosmic orgasm. Right. It is like life exploding because you are one with everything and you're coming back into your human body basically. And it is the most profound and beautiful wow. experience. Some people say um, it feels like sex with God, yeah. but I didn't, I don't believe in God. So like I didn't connect the two, but it's definitely like um, a joy and a love that is really profound. That's awesome. I mean, I think. I, I'm having, I, I know a lot of people do it. I'm not doing it for a long time. I'll tell you that much. Oh, really? Yeah, just, Are you afraid? I, I'm telling you this DMT experience I had on these other drugs fucking mm. shook me to my – I pulled the ripcord too quickly. I was like in DMT world and was like, all right, I'm coming back now. And I'm like, no, you're not. And I literally like, – I just remember – It's not that long though, no? Isn't it just 10 minutes or something? Yeah, but I was on a lot of other drugs and I think I got caught in no, like ketamine loop. DMT world, yeah. yeah. Well, at a certain point, I was in, and then at a certain point, I kind of understood what was going on. But then, like things just were, it was fucking crazy. I was in. Like, when did you think you were dying or something? No, I accepted pretty quickly. I like regressed immediately, so I took three huge hits. I didn't even know it. I, I don't remember after the second one, but people around me were like, "You took three pretty big ones." And um, I remember regressing very quickly, like through my ages back into like pre-born and in there i saw a lot of weird stuff just like this grid of like pink and yellow and these like wormy things folding over and it was just weird sounds but then at a certain point then i went black i don't remember like a lot of people it was just too much i don't know what the hell was going on but then i came back and uh i started phasing in and out of reality so every in breath i would take everything would go black every out breath i would take everything would mm. come back and all of my friends was oh going my god on. So I was like, all right, I'm dying. This is what's going on. I guess this is the end of my life. Also, I'm on ketamine. And so like ketamine has this weird time modulating effect. So like sometimes you future. And I was like, oh, like I must be in the future. This must mm -hmm. be death. This is like how I die. I'm dying now. Okay, no big deal. I was actually okay with that. What I wasn't okay with is as I'm phasing back into reality, I think what I think is ultimately from like a dualistic standpoint, like a bardo state in between life and death. I think I was like in the hungry ghost realm. And so overlaid mm -hmm. all of my friends, they look like them, but they're saying really weird things to me like, yeah, yeah, it's really good, right? Yeah, you want more, get us more. Yeah, you need more. Money is a meal, get more. Mm -hmm. And there's this weird kind of like sound to it, like their voices. Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with that. And remember, every in-breath, everything's black. So that's what I'm phasing in and out of. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm stuck oh, God. in the fucking <laughs> realm where like I live here now and every, it's just like, so it takes me like a solid five to 10 minutes to like actually like 
reconstitute my sense of reality. Come back. Um, you know, I, at one point I think I called all of my like dear friends like vampires and they're trying to take advantage of me. I couldn't remember my partner, my kids. Like I was just whacked out, not in this body. And mm. I did pull myself back out of it. And then the lasting ramifications, at least for like the following week or so, is like I was shook because I was like, that's real. Like what I encountered wasn't just yeah. a delusion of my mind. So I had to like kind of figure out where my awareness and my psyche to be even aware of that, like there has to be something resonant in me. So there is some aspect of me that is aware of that. Um, I think I was like as close as I've ever been after a psychedelic experience to completely otherize the psychedelic experience. Be like, no, there are parasites mm. out there, vampiric parasites like attached to my soul, like trying to like vampire suck me. Like, cause it felt so real to me. Um, but mm. then I kind of like, you know, calibrated back to what I believe to be true, which is that's not really possible. That's not really how reality works. There's not some separate aspect of it that's intruding on you. What I will say is if you believe that to be true, then yeah, that shit's going on. You got to fight yeah. these fucking psychic vampires now. And it's like a whole fucking thing. I was like, I don't have time. <laughs> oh, I like, I don't have no, I mean, I've heard, I've, I think DMT is a very different experience than 5 MEO. Yeah. As, as much as I've, heard, I've never done DMT. So I don't know but the experiences are sound very different. And then I've heard of a lot of people with DMT that they come to this place where they meet people like beings and creatures. then they know them creatures, and like, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. I did feel like an other like presence, but I think, like I said, I pulled this ripcord and it started phasing in onto this world. And that was very also like I was reckless. That was my biggest lesson in this whole thing. Like I went in like a fucking hotshot asshole being like, I'm going to go in and get mm -hmm. music from the DMT world. Like I was making music with my friends, never smoked it like that before. And I actually did it later that night with Changa to see if I went to the same place. Sure enough. Sure. Shit. Right back. Same thing. I was like, oh, oh no. Like, I'm oh good. God. I'm fucking You're nuts, good dude. on this for a little bit. So, yeah. I'm so sensitive. I couldn't do any Fuck. of that shit. I know. It was too, uh, I was. I, I lacked humility and got served pretty intensely. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that's what you had to, had to, yeah. had to do. Well, this has been, I, we did it. We fucking nailed it. We did Two it. Parts, amazing. Killed it. Uh, where can people find, this is probably going to be on yours, but we'll still do the same. But where can people find you? How do they engage with what you're doing? Um, we can, uh, you can find me at, um, on Instagram, tales of Laura, um, and tales of Laura.com and I have a newsletter you can sign up on and the podcast is pussy church. Awesome. So mm -hmm. find that everywhere. What about you? I guess we'll have to do it. Synchronicity podcast. There's a Patreon. There's a discord server. We're having good times in this year of great change. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church Podcast. And make sure to check out my quarantine show, Pillow Talk, where I chat with my favorite erotic creators and play truth or dare with them. Also, again, this episode was a bit complicated, but for the first half of our long life talk, please check out the Synchronicity Podcast by Noah Lambert, and then come back for the second half at the end of this episode. If you like today's show, please, please, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. See you next Sunday.